everybody. It is your girl here, Shalane, with Hey Did You Know. This week, I have not one, but two very exciting interviews today. And the interviews circle around the teachers returning back to school in August. Now, what I've done to protect their identities because I don't want them to lose their jobs, I'm not going to say their names and I will not say what district, what county they work in, but I felt that the their stories were very, very important to be heard. One of them is actually a teacher and a mother. So she has two situations that she has to be concerned about. But before I do, there's a little bit of, you know, housekeeping that we have to do. You know, I always do this. So before I go into the story, I just want to thank everyone who listens to this podcast. My podcast, Hey, Did You Know, can be heard wherever podcasts are hosted. Now, on social media, you can definitely check me out on Instagram as well as Facebook at Hey, Did You Know, and on Twitter under Shalane Demrest. Okay, so without further ado, let me go ahead and get these two interviews going. Okay, everybody. So um, as promised, I do have a couple of guests for this really explosive topic this week. You know, just to keep everyone safe and employed, my guests this week will be anonymous, but we're definitely going to be talking about the issues at hand because August is just around the corner. So without further ado, hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm um, Again, first of all, thank you so much for um, speaking with me. I know this is a really sensitive topic. And because of the fact, not only, I mean, you are in a really interesting position and I want to make sure that I by, do you right, you know, in other words, right. lack of better grammar, <laughs> um, are able to speak your piece. So without f- further ado, tell me as, as comfortably as you can, tell me about this situation. You know, what is it that really troubles you the most? I am a teacher and a parent. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot, there's so many uncertainties right now with going back to school. Do we do all virtual? Do we go back into the classroom? How close can students be? What is the online commitment? Is there a hybrid option where kids go one or two days and do the rest from home? Mm-hmm. And there's just so many uncertainties right now. In my state, uh, the cases are not quite under control right now. Mm. And it's it's very concerning. Uh, more and more data is coming out about children being spreaders of the COVID disease or virus um, than it was even a month ago because they're finally testing children. <laughs> and then they weren't before. Um, and a lot of information like younger children can pass the virus like 50% as much as an adult. But starting at age 10, they can pass it just as much as an adult, which means they can infect up to three people a day, (laughs) which is a lot of people when you get into a classroom, Mm -hmm. especially if you're like a secondary teacher, because, um, you know, for middle and high school, some of those classes are pretty big. Um, I've known some high school court classes to have up to 40 students in them. And that's not even like if we're doing like a special, like a chorus or band. 
Mm-hmm. Those can be even bigger. So that's very concerning for me as both a teacher and a parent. For my family, we have chosen to have our children do school from home. Okay. Um, I think that um, many districts, um, I know many around where I live, have um, come up with a plan where the students will learn from the teachers at their school, but from home. So they're not switching to like a technical virtual school, Mm -hmm. but they are learning virtually. So it's like a more advanced version of digital learning that we did in the spring. Mm, So we've um, decided that's what we're most comfortable with because my children go to a specialty school. um, It has some specialty programs and we didn't want to lose that, um, that, that help for them. There's a reason we pulled them from their um, regular school and put them there. And so we wanted to make sure we still got those advantages and the um, more advanced curriculum that they require. Um, And all three of our, my kids did pretty good in the spring with the distance learning. You know, we had our hard days, but hey, when you're in the classroom, you have your hard days too. Right, right. Um, <laughs> I've read a couple of uh, interesting posts about teachers going back to school or not wanting to go back to school, possibly even considering changing professions because right. they just don't want to go back. One of the comments that I read, and I, I'm shaking my head, and I'm really trying, like right now, I'm so angry about it. I'm trying to control my emotions here. And I don't even <laughs> have small children in school anymore, but I have a lot of friends that do. So this right. bothers me. I've read some among some of the comments that you know, doctors, they work, you know, they're, they're essential. The nurses work, the first responders, even the, the grocery people at Publix, you know, they're out there working. Why are teachers different? Why do teachers not have to go back when everybody else has? So what what do you say to that? There is a difference Mm -hmm. (laughs) between someone at the grocery store behind plexiglass who talks to hundreds of people because they are essential. We, We still need food. Like people must eat. We are not, we are not all farmers. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we are not raising our food in, in cities and stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. But they have interactions with those individuals um, who are typically wearing a mask for a short period of time because grocery shopping doesn't usually take more than an hour. And at this point, everybody's sort of rushing because they just want to get home. Right. Um, so you're taught, they, a cashier is going to talk to a customer for three minutes while they ring up their groceries and pay from behind plexiglass. Mm. In a classroom, it is, you know, recommended that everybody stay six feet away. That cuts a classroom's ability to have students pretty much in half, if not less. Yes. Um, there, there are some secondary school classes that already don't have enough chairs for the amount of kids in their class. Um, not at my school, but there, I have heard teachers complain. They're like, I have 40 kids and 35 desks. Where do you want me to put everybody to spread them out more? <laughs> right. Um, like, we can't have spread them out more. On the bookshelves, you know? Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, hang out the door guys. But <laughs> there's a difference, especially with like the little ones in elementary school, you know, uh, teaching them not only how to school, but how to socially distance school, to wear a mask, to wash their hands repeatedly and use sanitizer repeatedly. You know, we do that anyway. We do the hand washing and the sanitizer all the time with 
elementary kids. And it's even harder when now they're going to have to focus on this mask and they can't just go to the water fountain. These are considerations that I don't think everybody um, has. And like right now or over the past like 10 years or so, education has gone from being, you know, everybody's sitting at their own desk in a row, listening to the teacher lecture and then doing their work. That's not what it's like at all anymore. Everything is about group work. Everything is mm. like last school year before we got sent home, essentially for the rest of the year, I had my desks in rows because we were doing some practice state testing. Oh. And um, I decided to leave them that way because my kids were doing really good being separated mm -hmm. because they tend to touch each other's stuff. And you know, you want your own space. And I actually got criticized by my administration because that's not how desks are supposed to be anymore. And I had to fight my corner on it because I was like, but this is how my kids are responding. They can still scoot their desks together to do some collaborative work. They can do that, but this gives them their own location and nothing touching other people. And it discouraged those students who tended to touch other people's stuff to not because they weren't touching. But everybody's supposed to be in groups now. You're at least in partners. A lot of times you'll see desks in like a big circle around the room or in groups of like four or five or six or seven so that everybody can work together. And that's just not going to be an option now. No. But you're going to have like 20 kids in one classroom for like seven hours with their teacher, not behind plexiglass not behind plexiglass. <laughs> so that's a big difference between a three minute interaction behind plexiglass with an adult versus a seven hour interaction with 20 individuals not behind plexiglass. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Another comment that I read, why have school period, you know, like brick and mortar schools, why not just completely convert school to what we're doing now and that should allegedly save money as far as like taxes and all this other stuff by having, you know, a brick and mortar school, why not just completely convert over to virtual learning? Because it's just not best. Um, it's so hard for especially special education or English language learners. It's very, very hard for them to learn via the computer. Those would be some of the individuals that I could see still maybe having class even if it's only like one day a week for like a specialized class, a small group or something, even with all this virtual learning or even kindergarten and first grade, they are just figuring out who they are when they're not around their siblings and their parents. They, right. they don't know that yet. They, this is all new and they don't know how to school. They don't know how to be their own person. And sitting in front of a computer for seven hours is not going to be the answer. Because if you've ever tried to get a kindergartner to sit for three minutes and to, um, to do anything, it's it's a challenge. It's a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So that's some some adults are that way. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I'm that way. I've been doing like a lot of professional development this summer, um, taking advantage of all sorts of courses. Mm -hmm. And I find myself zoning out. I'm like, why did I pay for this? I'm bored. <laughs> but I, ha and then I remember I'm sitting at the computer right now for half the amount of time we're going to be asking our kids to do that. And that's, it's very scary. Um, I'm just hoping that teachers are going to be able to do a good blend of like, watch this lesson, then go do something and come back. Um, but I've completely gotten off your topic. Um, that's why, because we can't just get away with, get 
rid of brick and mortar schools. You have working parents. Not every family has somebody home or even a grandma, an aunt, an uncle, an older sibling. There's not always somebody to watch those children. Right. Even when they are, they may not be the best influence or very helpful. They also, you know, you have single parent households and all of that. And you have kids that are in rough family situations. And it is concerning. These are reasons that we should be back in school. But at what cost? Is is it worth getting these kids out of rough homes to go to school to contract a disease and die? Right. How How is that better? <laughs> like, I, I, you know, people are always like, oh, I'd rather die than do that. Well, no, that's not an okay statement, no. guys. Like, that's not okay. The percentage. <laughs> yeah, like, are you really listening to yourself? Um, the percentage of people that are still dying from this virus are, or having to be hospitalized and on ventilators is far too high for many states and most states especially I think it's like the South is like insane lately. It's all just exploding because everybody's like, oh, it's hot. I'm going to the beach. I'm having a cookout and nobody has to wear a mask Mm -hmm. and people aren't taking it seriously. Like it's not gone everybody. If we would put our masks and stay home for three weeks, it could be, but nobody wants to do that. Another question, you touched upon a very interesting subject, you know, the rough households. The argument is when, you know, when you have your traditional brick and mortar, you know, conventional style of learning, you are able to see the children that are neglected at home. You know, the clothes may be a little dirty, the hair might be a little matted. Sometimes they don't have, you know, everyone else has lunch boxes. They don't have anything. So that's one argument by having them back in schools, you can see those children and then possibly intervene and get them help. Right. But on, but on the same notion, like you said, you know, at what cost is it, you know, practical to have everybody returning to school when the numbers are still spiking? So. And that's why I'm really glad I don't have to be the one to make those decisions. Yes. Like, it's really hard. Um, I think I know I've heard many districts mention doing things like some learning labs or setting up some tiny group, um, essentially free babysitting, which is how some people think of school, but we're not even going to get into that part of it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's a whole level I'm not even comfortable with, but like doing tiny groups (laughs) so that, oh yeah, but um, when people you know, they have to get back to work. I get it. Cause especially those rougher families, they're the ones, there are essential workers. They work at the gas station. They work at the grocery store. They work at the food store. That's where they are. And we know they need to go back to work, but we also know their kids need taken care of. Mm-hmm. So I've heard a lot of people talk about opening like these, not, not micro schools, but like learning labs and community centers to have people um, supervise them. And it essentially is babysitting. They're in there doing their digital work but they're in a safe place. They get their food. Someone is seeing them every day and making sure they're okay and getting any assistance they need. Mm -hmm. It's that terrible line of deciding what's best. How do you decide what's best for the majority when, you know, there's a few or more than there should be that need that regular help? Yeah. It's, It's so hard. It's so hard. And it's like, very traumatizing, even as a parent, to think that your kid is going to school with somebody who needs that help and needs that support. And it's like knowing that is it's, it's really 
it's really hard. I have another question. Um, now, again, we're, you're, we're trying to protect, <laughs> but amongst your peers, are there any um, individuals that you can think of that are opposed to wearing the mask? Because I know, you know, as as educator, you have to right. wear a mask in the classroom. And right now, just amongst your, just amongst society, we have people clashing about, it's a cultural war, wearing a mask, oh, yeah. wearing a mask and everything else. So is everyone on board? On um, to the best of my knowledge, co-worker wise, they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't seen any of my co-workers since the beginning of June. Right. So um, that's you know, right when th- things had started to open up a little bit. I think really nationwide. So I, you know, got together, we were doing some planning for this year. And then like the next week things started spiking. I was like, I'm going to stay home and I'll zoom into our meetings. Thanks. Like, I was like, I'm not going. Um, but, I'm like, Bye. but my social media is, uh, I mean, it's been pretty curated over the years that there's a lot of like-minded people. And I tend to snooze those that make me angry. <laughs> there's a lot of people who just don't seem to understand. They don't think these work. I actually, um, a friend of mine posted a news article the other day on Facebook and a girl, a mutual acquaintance, definitely wouldn't even go as far as friend, but an acquaintance said, what is going on? Do these masks not work? People are wearing them. And I was like, oh no, honey, mm-hmm. they are not wearing them. No. Then they are wearing them wrong. They are not wearing them consistently or when they need to. It's scary. Like I went to Costco earlier to, for the first time. I don't even know since like May Mm -hmm. um, because we needed a birthday cake in this house and Costco cake was requested. So (laughs) (laughs) So we went to get our Costco cake and I was like, Oh, it is like a normal Sunday at the Costco. It was like scary. There was so many people. There were people that were wearing shields instead of masks, which Mm -hmm. would have proven to not be as effective. A shield is effective when paired with a mask. Yeah. But uh, that's just, you know, people that had them pulled down so their noses were hanging out. I was like, well, yeah, that's, that's not helpful. <laughs> no, it, well, that's how they get around it. It's like, oh, well, yeah. yeah. But, you know, now, now you have to emphasize, yes, a face covering must be worn over nose and mouth, you know, before you get right. into the facility. I hate to tip, you know, it's, it's really sad that we have to be that you know, specific because people are spiteful. They'll just, you know, oh yeah, like oh, work yeah. around the system. I'm like, dude, we just, you know, anyway. just wear it right. Save yeah. everybody. Yeah, and like I, I watch entirely too much YouTube around uh, theme parks because it's just my guilty pleasure and it makes me happy. <laughs> but it's crazy to see the differences in different parks. Um, it's like the different requirements and the strict standards. And while I do not support any of them being open at the moment, because Florida seems to be like this crazy epicenter that just keeps growing. Yeah. Um, cause yay, the South, uh, I think they're number two right now. Um, but Disney seems to have the most strict and they're very good about following them. Universal is getting stricter and better about following. Mm-hmm. Then you have the SeaWorld Bush Gardens crew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and That's I mean, so really, <laughs> they, they just uh, don't get it. It yeah. appears like I've watched a lot of videos where people will go to sit at the shows. And while, yes, the chair, like the seats are marked and you're socially distanced and all that, people take watching a show as time to just take off their mask. 
I know. And it's like, no, 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 no. Uh, unless it says this is an area where you can take your mask off, you can't. Mm-hmm. And they don't have employees supporting it or enforcing it. There was one, I just watched this week, I guess, Bush Gardens had kicked off like their summer thing. And they had the fireworks, which is crazy because right now fireworks have been canceled everywhere for months. And people, like when it was over, like rushed the exit. And there was like no distancing whatsoever. The person I was watching was like, oh no, we're just going to stay here for 10 minutes and wait for everybody to leave. And then we're going to go out the other door because they're like, we will walk the long way because it's just, it's so scary how people don't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So So you did a great job (laughs) walking the lines. I appreciate it. Now um, I do have one last thing. Um, And a lot of the concerns that teachers have about returning to school too soon has been interpreted as whining. So my, <laughs> now this is your time. This is your platform. Take as long as you need. What is it that you would like people to know your concerns, especially since you are an educator, what is your concern about having the schools open too soon? My concern really is that no matter how hard, like it's just, it's not going to look like school has looked like for the past two years. Like I said, like, There's a lot of collaborative and hands-on and manipulative, so like using things to like help count or see fractions, or even in my class, I loved to give snack rewards. My class last year was obsessed with talkies, so if I saw them working, (laughs) I would walk around and hand them talkies, and they'd just sit there and suck on their talkie and keep doing their work because it was a thing. That's not going to happen this year. Mm. I can't pass out food rewards because they can't take their masks off. Mm. And then that's going to be, you know, another fight is, no, you have to keep your mask on. It's going to become a distraction Mm -hmm. in the classroom. You know, they're not going to be able to do more hands-on activities because all those materials are going to need sanitized after each individual. And, you know, it's not possible. I am a math and science teacher. So this is extremely like stressful for me. I'm like, how am I going to let my kids use fraction tiles? I do not have enough for the entire grade level. I have, you know, a handful of sets that we have to share. Mm-hmm. And so I have to figure out new ways like digital resources. And I don't think that it's going to, it's not going to look like school. It's going to be digital learning, but in a classroom. And it's, I mean, yes, they're going to be around people and yes, they're going to be able to talk, but through a mask mm-hmm. and from a distance, even then you have the concern of being able to understand your instructor. You know, I'm even scared of some teachers just taking their masks off just because, you know, everyone has their own beliefs and that makes me uncomfortable and that makes me nervous. And um, I'm starting at a new school. So I don't know like who is going to be on team mask and who's going to fight it. I don't know. And then there's so much evidence now that this virus spreads through the HVAC system. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you know any, I mean, schools do not like, in all schools, it's not any, like, it's just education in general. Mm-hmm. That's not like their main spending of money. They're not like investing in the best filters and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, 
it's very scary. I personally have like done um, like Amazon wish lists and donors choose projects specifically for cleaning materials and air purifiers and sanitizer spray and all sorts of things just to do what I can. Yeah. And, and I don't even know, know where I'm going to be, whether I'm teaching from home or from the classroom yet. <laughs> I have not been told because our district is still surveying families. So it's, it's just crazy. I just, I think it's just going to, it's going to be rough. And I don't think anybody realizes how rough it's going to be until we get started. Mm-hmm. Let me see. One last question. I promise the last one for real. Sure, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. I just said, I'm a journalist and I just said, for real. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> for real. For real. This is the last one. I mean it. <laughs> Time. For sure. Dude. Okay. Um, seriously. <laughs> um, what can parents do to help you? <sighs> this, is, this isn't even just a right now thing. Parents can support the teacher. If the teacher says... When workers do it this time, support the teacher. If the teacher says, no, you can't bring that lunchbox, no, you can't bring that toy or whatever, you, can't, you need to do this, you need to do that, these are the rules, support the teacher. The teacher knows what's best for that classroom, not the individual parent. You may know what's best for your child, mm-hmm. but you don't know what's best for that classroom of children. Right. Or you don't know the requirements that that teacher's under. Maybe that teacher has to assign X, Y, and Z. Support the teacher. Okay. Support the teacher. That's like the biggest thing in the world. Respect and support your child's teacher. Offer help where you can, even if it's literally just shooting them an email and saying, thank you, support them. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really covered a lot of ground. Yes. My, I'm just going to keep advocating for you guys. I mean, you know, thank every- you. Every time I see an article, I'm like, okay, this is really going to drive the message home. And I share it, you know, uh-huh. um, but I feel this podcast is, it, it needs, I mean, it's essential. It really needs to come yeah. out. People need to listen, you know, and it's right. just not me. It's, you know, you guys, you guys are on, you, you were in trenches basically, you know, I can't, oh, yeah. better, you know, phrase, you guys are right there. You know, it's not like the others that I've read about, you know, yeah, it's easy for you to say, just open up the schools, you know, my County doesn't have any problems, everything else. Yeah. But you are working from home. Right. <laughs> you are working in a controlled environment. You're not working with the public or you might be, but you you know, mm-hmm. again, you have plexiglass and all this other stuff. They don't, right. you know, right. so anyway. Yeah. It's just, you know, some areas are okay. That's fine. If mm-hmm. your area is got it under control, and they have the money to ensure that the students and the staff are safe, do it. Go back to school. That's the best thing for everyone. But if your district state isn't, stay home. Right. There are other ways. No one is going to be behind because we are all in this together. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, everybody. So as I said, I actually have two dynamic people on this week, and this is the second one. Now, again, I'm going to protect her identity, so I'm not going to say who she is, but I will say that she plays a very important part of the movement that's happening this week. And um, I definitely feel like it's very necessary that she gets a chance to express her position and basically 
anything else that she may want to talk about just to help drive this point home. So again, hey, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So here we are. We are days away, at least I think we are days away from (laughs) schools reopening. And I wanted to just, you know, kind of get your perspective on your opinion about it. And again, speak freely and speak, you know, whatever it is that you're comfortable speaking about. Okay. It, it, Potentially, we are supposed to start in the next few days. We're still waiting to hear that. Um, Most teachers are very nervous because we were supposed to get paid in August, and now they're planning on pushing back our first paycheck, which means we're going to be late for uh, car payments and mortgages and rents and food. Wow. We haven't been paid since June. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, we can defer money from our paychecks during the school year. But we get that money at the beginning of June, and then we have to be very careful about spending it over the summer. Oh, my gosh. So what, I mean, what do teachers do outside of the school year just to make sure that you don't dip into your your salary? Most of us get other jobs over the summer. We were lucky this summer. Our county did offer some paid professional development. So I took as many of those as I could, but I don't know when I get that money. Um, We try to do tutoring and lessons, but with COVID and quarantine, it's been a little bit harder. I've been able to keep a few students on with lessons via FaceTime, but a lot of them can't concentrate that way, which I totally understand. Right. I'm planning on selling plasma. just to pay my bills. Yeah. I mean, I've, I know quite a few people who do that. So it's definitely nothing to, you know, look now, I don't want to say look down, but kind of like, you know, judge. I don't want people listening to this judge no. because there are people who do that and that plasma is needed yes. during this time. So and I totally get that. It's just, it's sad when you have two degrees and you're expected to be a professional, but you're not treated like one. Yes, I can identify with that. Absolutely. Okay. I will share with you after the show. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, so as far as returning back to school, some of the comments actually that I've read about teachers returning back to school, some felt that teachers, you know, should just go back to school. There, there shouldn't be a problem. You have, you know, people at public still, you know, they, they worked during this pandemic. So did nurses and first responders and, you know, doctors, mailmen. So why shouldn't teachers go back? Yeah. So a lot of the times I've been, I've been reading all of those comments as well. A lot of people say that we don't want to go back, which is totally not true. Teachers love what we love what we do. That's why we do it. Mm -hmm. We want to go back when it is safe. Um, I am a special area teacher. So I see the entire school that I work at. Wow. Um, The difference between those that work at Publix and nurses and doctors who are all great people and they're definitely essential workers right now. Mm -hmm. They don't spend 45 minutes to an hour in the same spot talking to the same few people where Mm -hmm. teachers are, when I see my kids, I see a group of 25 to 30 kids in my classroom for 45 minutes at a time. And we're stuck with those kids in a closed air system. Oh my. (laughs) And I see six classes a day. So by the end of the week, I'm going to infect my entire school. And that's very scary. (laughs) So again, I'm trying to respect your, you know, being anonymous and everything else. What options do you have as a teacher, as far as you returning back to school or not returning back to school or learning labs or anything like that? What options do you have? 
they have given us a survey that we could choose in person or we can choose one of the virtual school options that our county does or we can choose the option that our county put out that we will still teach but we can teach from home mm -hmm. but since i'm the only one on campus that teaches my particular subject i don't really have a choice so i will oh. be going back face to face so you have to go back yes mm -hmm. i yeah wow okay now i don't know i asked do you have children in the school system um i do not personally i say that all of my students are my kids so i have seven <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet that's so sweet and that's why you are a teacher because you can you know you love kids you love what you do so it's very obvious yes. Yes. now with since you are the only one let me go back so this whole mask situation i mean to me i would even identify it as a cultural war because you have those that are team mask and those who are not <laughs> team mask and my question to you is again we're not identifying individuals or anything like that but as far as your your peers your co-workers i mean are you experiencing um some resistance as far as wearing the mask because i mean you go walk walk down the street and you see people i don't want to lose my freedom i'm not gonna wear a mask i mean are right. you experiencing anything like that in in your area as far as where you work from a teacher's perspective we are all really pushing for our students to wear the masks mm -hmm. um if we're going into schools because as of now it sounds like we're being asked to wear masks while we're working right. so if you wear a mask to protect someone else, we would like our kids to protect us just as much as we want to protect them. Right. So teacher standpoint, we're like, yes, please wear masks. Okay. Parent standpoint seems to be a little wishy-washy, mm -hmm. <laughs> depending on who you talk to. Right. I wasn't sure if there were any other, you know, teachers in, in your group, you know, whether or not if everyone feels that way, like, well, I'm going to wear a mask, but as soon as I go in the classroom, I'm taking it off or that sort of thing. I, mean, I don't know, because you, you know, you, you see videos all the time. People, they're like trying to storm into Costco or Target. I'm not going to wear a mask. And then when they're told they have temper tantrums and then, you know, we have another viral video. So I don't know whether or not if you have peers that feel like, you know, I want to go back, but I don't really feel like I should wear a mask. A lot of it sounds so much, uh, most of us sound like we're going to wear the masks. The only thing we have issue with is some teachers teach kids that are hearing impaired oh. or they, they're lip readers. So I have friends who've actually become very proficient at making masks that have the vinyl clear covering in the front so you can see oh. mouths. Huh. Yeah. But, but would, would that mask fog though while they're talking? It is a possibility. I'm not sure if they've tested that yet. Mm, okay, I was just kind of curious. That sounds like a good idea because one of the things I really, I mean, I love, I, I don't mind wearing masks. Matter of fact, I have a pretty sequined one, so I proudly wear my mask. Um, I actually have little girls coming up to me like, I love your mask. Yes. <laughs> like little rhinestones and stuff. But when you wear a mask though, and you smile at people, you don't see that. I think that's the thing I miss. So that's I, for me. yeah, you know, so when I see people, I'm like, I'm smiling underneath here. Trust me, I am. <laughs> yes, I, that's how I usually like communicate with workers at stores that I go to. I'll just smile and I'll look at them. I'm like, oh, I'm smiling. I promise you just can't see it. They're like, no, we understand. <laughs> <laughs> 
so it's like I have to practice my Tyra Banks. I have to smile. I have to smile with my eyes. I'm yes. smizing, you know. So what is your opinion? Because again, I, I hate to put this website out there, but I'm just going to do it. It's LinkedIn. You know, I, I love LinkedIn because I have a lot of connections on there and you know, that's where I publish a lot of my, my articles and so forth. And mm-hmm. some of the comments that I see on there, they interpret your reluctance as whining. Yes. What, what do you say to that? <laughs> Teachers always get the short end of the stick. Because <laughs> the thing that says those who can't teach, mm-hmm. I completely disagree with. I know, um, right? What's that about? Yeah, we are, we are always looking out for the well-being of anyone who walks through that door. Like, Teachers can't be whiny. We put up with fire drills. We help to show our kids what happens if there's an active shooter in the building. Um, I stand by my door when we have active shooter drills and I say, listen, you guys stay over there. I'm going to stand here. And they say, well, what happens when, if someone comes in the door? I said, they have to go through me first. Mm. So (laughs) we're not being whiny. We're trying to be very safe. Yes. Because I mean, I, I can infect 700 families in a week based on my kid population. You know, and that's the thing, that's the thing I don't think people understand because when I read those comments, of course I have to like, I'm professional about it because unlike Facebook where you just pretty much let anything fly, LinkedIn is professional. So you never know who it is that you're writing to because that could be your prospective future employer. So I'm very, (laughs) very tactful, you know, but the first question I ask when I see someone make that kind of comment is, do you have children? Yeah. And usually they don't. So nope. it's the ones who don't have children that just, you know, let their little flag fly and they go, oh, the kids will be fine. They eat dirt on the playground. They'll be okay. And it's like, it's not <laughs> the same thing. So that, that is true. They do eat a lot of dirt and our kids are very resilient, <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. They bring it home or they bring it to school for us, especially the kindergartners mm-hmm. don't know spatial awareness. So they always want to hug you and, oh, yeah. and touch and play and. It's going to be really hard for them. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I remember that even, you know, like from a child, you know, I, you know, I, I loved my teachers. Sometimes my teachers were my best friends, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I was an awkward kid. So I, my, my teachers and my guidance counselors, those are the people who I, I spoke to. Right. Um, but the thing that I really enjoyed is when we would have like little Valentine Day parties or Halloween parties, you know, you know, people would like dress up or bring little brownies to school. And it's like, we're not going to have that if the kids don't go back to school. But on the same notion, we're not going to be able to exchange Valentine's because we can't even hug. No, you know, so far, like no shared materials. Yeah. Um, Desks are so far apart and it's going to be a very interesting year. Exactly. God, there was, there's so much. Oh, now this blows my mind. You know how like we're, we're reading or hearing defund the police. I'm hearing defund the teachers. What's your, oh, we've, been being, we've been being defunded for years. <laughs> <laughs> our, I mean, our County alone, we, we don't get pay raises. I've, we are far below the cost of living because they don't even give us cost of living increases. Oh my. Teachers pay for most of the equipment and decorations and things that come into our classrooms. So, <laughs> so my question to you is, how can teachers, uh, excuse me, not teachers, how can parents help you? Because I know that there's some that I know that, you know, they have like little wish lists or, you know, they'll, I mean, they're not like, it's not like a go fund, but you know, they have their ways as far as like being parents help them as much as they can because of the fact that you guys 
don't receive pay raises and you are still expected to buy everything as far as supplies. So what can parents do to help you? A lot of teachers create Amazon wish lists lately. Uh-huh. Um, or we'll put like, well, when we're actually in school, we make wish lists or little apple trees that stick outside our doors for meet the t- teacher. So oh. we give parents, yeah, we give parents the opportunity to choose what they would like to donate to the classrooms. Um, they can, wow. a lot of uh, Facebook pages in certain neighborhoods will actually ask teachers for their Amazon wish lists. Mm-hmm. There's anyone in the neighborhoods, whether they have kids or not, that want to donate. Okay. We've had that. Just the regular school supply list will sometimes have things on there that teachers need to, the hand sanitizers and the tissues and things like that. Yeah, especially now more than ever. I mean, I don't know about you, but I happened to get really lucky about a week and a half ago. I found Lysol at Home Depot, but as far as like these wipes... They are like non-existent. I'm going to have to go to Amazon and order wipes because I can't find them anywhere. Yes. Clorox <laughs> wipes. I'm, you know, I mean, I am stocking Costco, <laughs> Big Lots. Yes. In general, anywhere, you know, that I can think of, you know, even these little obscure, you know, little stores, you know, I'm not even trying to go to Target anymore because then I know they're not going to have it. But if they I can get a dollar, <laughs> I will stock up if, if possible. But that's the one thing I wanted to see, you know, if if there are ways where parents can help you. And I know what I'll do um, when I do this write-up for this podcast. I'll definitely, like, I can't put specific links, but I will suggest that, you know, whatever teacher that their children have to check with their teacher and see if they have an Amazon wish list, just like what you said, so they can help that teacher out. So Yeah, because sometimes teachers aren't very open about putting it forward, like, oh, we can handle it. It's okay. I'll cover it myself. I do that sometimes too, but if the parent's like, no, no, what do you need? I will get it. You're like, then sometimes we'll give you our, <laughs> yeah. our wish list, things like that. So sometimes you have to push. There, there is no shame in my game. I know if I was a teacher, I mean, before, I mean, I was, you know, I taught fitness classes. I did. I, I, I would dress up and then I would like have little decorations and I would do and all that would come out of my pocket. So I know exactly what you guys are going through. And so, yeah, yeah if I can help with that part, I definitely will. Um, empathy, I've seen this hashtag, hashtag empathy for teachers. And I'm like pushing that. I saw Hillary Burton Morgan, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's wife, and she's pushing that hashtag. And I think I'm going to hop on that bandwagon because oh, teachers nice. are so underrated just unappreciated. You guys are not babysitters. No. You are. So yeah, that's the thing. You brought up a good point. You guys are babysitters. Apparently, I'm not, I'm not saying you are, but this is what I'm, the, the consensus yeah. that I'm reading. You are babysitters. You guys are counselors. You guys are disciplinarians because apparently, you know, these kids wild out, you know, or unfortunately sometimes punching bag because I see what these, especially like in high school, I see what yes. these kids do to teachers. And oh, then yes. now- with active shooters, now you guys are expected to carry weapons. I, mm-hmm. I saw that, that there was like a push for a time being for care, for teachers to have concealed weapon permits to teach. Yes, luckily I think that one's disappeared for right now. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's insane. It's like, before, yes. it's like before you guys were like underappreciated. Then when homeschooling, oh my God, you guys, I could never be a teacher. I so value it. Now it's like, eh, get those kids back in school. It's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, a few months ago, it was like, whatever you need. We, you want a Keurig? We'll buy you a Keurig. Now it's like, just take my kid. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's crazy. So anyway, um, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. We covered a lot, and I really appreciate the time that you you invested in this topic because it needs to be said. And I'm going to do my very best to try to get this out quickly so people can hear your message. This is your time to shine. This is your platform. What is it that you want parents to know? We love your kids just as much as you do. You still love them more because they're your kids, but we love them also. And we want to make sure that they are safe. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we are safe also because there's a, a lot of teachers out there that are posting things. We can teach very well from a computer, from our kitchen counter, from the classroom. But going very morbidly, we can't teach from a coffin. Oh. I've seen a lot of people post that. And I have a lot of very high-risk friends and they're very, very worried right now. So we're not being whiny and um, little babies. We care about everyone who comes in the building and we want to make sure that everyone is safe. <laughs> yeah. God, you got me on that one. I'm like, I'm fighting back tears right now. You really got me on that it's one. It's a hard okay. thing to say too. Whew. Yeah. So, okay. <clears throat> Let me get back. Center Sorry. your chi. <laughs> Center your chi. <laughs> <laughs> and you caught me off guard on that one, but it's so true. It is so true because you guys have families too. Yeah. You know, you guys have parents, you guys have kids, you know, you guys have, you know, even pets. I mean, there's people that I know, like they have it and, you know, they read, I can't even like give my, my dog hugs and kisses because I might transmit it to them. You know, oh, it's, that would hurt me so bad. <laughs> yeah. This is a crazy time we're in right now. But anyway, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Thank you so much for taking welcome. time Thank to speak you. with me. And we're just going to keep fighting. Hashtag empathy for teachers, man. We're just going to keep rocking that hashtag until something happens, man. Cause this is, it's yeah, it's very scary times. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Sure, thank you. You're welcome. I could not even imagine what they're going through right now. And to think that school starts just in a few days and they still don't know whether or not if they're going to be teaching from home or back in a classroom in your traditional brick and mortar setting. It's, it's mind boggling to me. Thank you so very much, ladies. I know, unfortunately, I can't identify who you are, or what district, but I hope that you're listening and just understand that we are behind you. We support you. We love you. We thank you. We understand that teachers don't teach because they do it to get rich. Teachers teach because they love our children and they truly have a passion for teaching. I encourage parents I mean, if you don't have children, I encourage you as well. Reach out to those that you know who are teachers and see if they need anything. From what I understand, many teachers now have what's called an Amazon wish list. Ask for their link and on there you will see what it is that they need in order for them to have a very successful school year. Anything from cleaning supplies such as sanitizers, paper towels, tissues, Lysol, Clorox wipes. I mean, anything that you can think of. And, and of course, just go and ask them or, you know, they'll tell you. But teachers end up paying for these things out of their own pocket. And this is, you know, with the pandemic. And then, you know, in the past, teachers have always 
purchase extra school supplies, maybe extra crayons, extra pencils, extra notebooks, because you have some children that come to school that come from less fortunate families and they aren't able to purchase some of the school supplies. So those teachers provide those supplies to those kids. So again, please reach out to those people that you know that are teachers, uh, teachers assistants, and just try to make it as easy for them as possible. They are on our side. Again, thank you to those ladies that interviewed with me. Thank you to everyone who listened to this podcast, who supports this podcast. Please follow, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Transistor FM, and other places where podcasts are hosted. You can find me on social media, on Instagram, as well as Facebook with Hey Did You Know? And on Twitter, you can find me under my name, Shalane Demarest. Again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be kind, be nice to each other, be safe. Take care.